The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you about the holidays? Does it feel like heaven to you or does it feel like madness? When you go to your family's house or your friends, you get that headache going on, you feel your blood pressure going up when someone brings up some kind of charged conversation like, I don't know, politics, whose sporting team won or lost. Have you ever gone to someone's house for the holidays, sat down to have food or beverage, and had someone look at your plate and go, so, on another one of those crazy diets again, and then felt like your stomach was just going to get worse anyway, no matter what you ate? Have you ever really... Really, really, really dreaded the holidays because you knew there was just going to be madness. Today's your day because we're going to talk about holiday heaven or madness. How to keep your cool while around you things may be going a little crazy. Today's world is very common to have people going all over the place. We have the Black Friday, we have the Green Techno Monday. They have all these days in which there's frenetic buying of parcels, sending of parcels, and then finally people sit down and eat or open up wrappers, wrapping presents, and the letdown is amazing. And underneath the surface, there's an undercurrent that if you're very intuitive and very sensitive, it can make you sick. Not to mention the obvious arguments that can make you incredibly aggravated and sick. We're talking about that, holiday heaven or madness, how to keep your cool over the holidays. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555. 
from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can get this show on your favorite podcast, podcast provider, as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You know, there isn't a holiday, I don't remember, where people, somebody stormed out. They ripped out of the driveway. There was an argument about politics. There was an argument about, oh, I don't know, some kind of baseball team, religion, anything. And then someone got sick. I remember the year someone went to the emergency room. There's always the trip to the emergency room. There's always some. Holidays are times when people break hips, they fall. A lot of times people don't show up for the dinner because there was an argument. There's always crying because, you know, someone bought too big of a present, too small of a present, and so on and so on. Not to mention there's the argument of broken families with stepchildren and who was supposed to have who, when, and I can't believe I couldn't have them for this holiday. So maybe you have done a lot of work. Maybe you have really tried to work on tolerating. However, you may note that your body starts to get its problems over the holidays, and that's when you start to realize Yes, indeed, though you may be lying by the fire trying to keep warm, you are losing your cool. We're going to go center by center, explain to you how you may find out you are losing your cool. First center, families are supposed to make us feel safe, secure, give us a sense that we belong. A lot of times, people on the surface look like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Can you hand me the peas? Oh, absolutely. How about some gravy? Oh, you know, it's going around that end of the table. So on the surface, everything is fine. But some people have a very sensitive mind and body. There was a guy named Salvador Mnuchin, psychologist, he's really not a guy, and he did a study called psychosomatic families. Everybody's psycho. Everybody has psych, psych, the brain, and they have a body, soma. So psycho, meaning brain, and somatic, meaning body, they're connected. So he talks about how in every family there's somebody who's a sensitive one. And they tend to get digestive weight, body image, diabetes problems. And... When they are upset about what people are talking about, their digestive weight, blood sugar, goes way out of whack, and so does their health problem. So actually, Salvador Mnuchin tries to recreate what goes on in a holiday. He said, let's just have a nice time and not talk about anything that's a problem. Let's just have a nice meal. So, we sit around, we don't talk about anything 
of substance. We're just going to have a superficial meal. Hand me the peas. What do you think about the turkey? Isn't this tofuti loaf wonderful? And then he measures the cortisol level, the stress hormone, and looks at that sensitive person's health. Mother's cortisol goes down. The father's cortisol goes down. Uncle Irving's cortisol goes down. Everybody's stress hormone goes down. But how about that sensitive one? Maybe that's you. Well, you don't do well with that shallow, sensitive, superficial conversation of the holiday. You get worse. And that stress hormone goes way up. Salvador Mnuchin says that the conflict that's going on underneath the surface in the family or at the holiday meal takes a detour and shows up in your body. In every family in the holiday, there's a sensitive one. There's the person that ends up in the emergency room. There's a person who breaks out in the hives. There's the person who gets the IBS, the constipation, the bleeding ulcer, the heart palpitations, the headaches, whatever, whatever. Are you that person? First center, hives, psoriasis. You might be at a holiday table and you watch and you look around and everybody seems to be fine. And they talk about, well, it's been a lovely fall, hasn't it? Can you hand me that stuffing, please? Isn't it been wonderful that people are getting along better around the pandemic? Yes, it is. I think we're all learning to love each other better. You know what? I just dropped my spoon. Can you give me a spoon? So as we're proceeding, all you have to do is look at the neck and the chest of people around the table. It will tell you the truth. If people are starting to get upset, you'll start to see that area turn red. If they're prone to hives of psoriasis, by the end of the weekend, somebody's skin's going to break out for sure. Because even though um, the, the conversation stays superficial, Underneath the surface, things are lurking. I don't know. There is a phenomenon, a percentage, one out of, I don't know, 13 people in a population have some kind of problem, whether it's personality or they're in jail. or Something is wrong. And usually families don't talk about it. It used to be that it was a health problem. They, they used to say, your Uncle Irving has gallbladder problems. Now people, you know, they'll say Uncle Irving has gallbladder problems, you know. However, they don't talk about someone being in jail or something like that. So it's not talked about. It's hushed underneath the tail. The tail. Underneath the table, it's hushed. It's under your skin. And so usually if people are having a polite conversation, the first place it will go is under the skin because it's a metaphor for underneath the surface. So the more superficial conversation you have, the worse it will get. The problem you will have, medical intuition is fifth center, if you are the sensitive one and you've always been called that in your family, you might have been the person that wants to call attention to the issue. This is not helpful, although you think it is. You have, may have been called too sensitive, and you may have found that you were the scapegoat. Don't do that. 
you have to learn distress tolerance because it's anxiety provoking to have people talk about ridiculous shallow things when there's an elephant in the room. Like there's an atom bomb in the middle of the living room. Everyone's walking around it. They're almost bumping into it, but no one's going to talk about it. And you'll point it out and you will be the scapegoat. So you might even say, listen, I think this is ridiculous that we're not, nobody's talking about how Uncle Irving is in jail. And you will be the bearer of bad tidings. I don't know if you knew anything about it. I think it's Greece. But if someone delivered bad news to the village, they killed them. That's it. They just killed them. Because they didn't like the news and they didn't like him. Because he delivered it. And resist the impulse to bring it to the surface. Because you'll be the bearer, you'll be the messenger, and you will be, well, you'll pick up the attack, the scapegoat. Well, then you already know this if you're watching this show. On the other hand, you may feel anxious as people are tiptoeing around the truth. And worse yet, the measures in which they tiptoe around the truth. And they may even accidentally say by accident puns or trip into the words or things like that that are actually painful. Don't fall for it. Don't you be the one you know they want you to be because then you will be the scapegoat. The scapegoat, I think, but I'm not sure. I don't want to make a mistake and get a lot of ugly mail. In Yom Kippur, it's one day a year, although you're supposed to do teshuva, which is um, asking for forgiveness. On Yom Kippur, you're supposed to confess your sins. And everybody meets together and they have these two goats. They have a goat that wears a black tie and a good goat that wears a white tie. The rabbi t- collects in the air the sins of everyone in the village. And metaphorically, he puts his hand on the bad goat, the one with the black tie. They didn't see that. That was a racist theme, but we'll move on. And after that, he leans over and metaphorically places the sins of the village on the goat with the black tie. He pushes the goat off the cliff. And it's said that if the sins are forgiven, the tie turns white. No one knows. I don't know what happens to the goat. It's not said. You know, you read these things and you don't know. Suffice it to say, that's what where scapegoat came from. You don't want to be that. You don't want the sins of the family rest upon you so that you can be thrown. That's where they, you know, off, not off the cliff, but under the bus. That's where they got under the bus, the cliff. I don't know where the cliff got lost. Suffice it to say, you don't bring it to the attention. So if you're someone who tends to say the right thing, what's going really going on at the wrong time, at the holiday meal, with the wrong amount of intensity, hey, look, everybody knows what's going on. You're going to have neck, jaw, thyroid problems and medical intuition. And more than anything, you're going to get a lot of redness because it's going to be very painful. And if somebody says, no, no, that's not what's going on, You'll turn up the volume and go, yes, 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 it is. And you'll argue and 
This is not helpful. And you may, after a while, avoid holiday meals because you'll say these people aren't my tribe, they're not my family, at which time you'll end up having first center problems, problems with immune system, bones, and joints. And that's not helpful either. You don't want to do a radical familyectomy unless you you absolutely have to. So then there, of course, is the situation of tolerance. This is heart, breast, and lungs. So let's say that people are talking at the table. And they are talking about things. So the mouths are moving, hopefully without the food in it. And people are saying things like they turn to you and they go, oh, you follow the Red Sox, don't you? So as far as you're concerned, you do follow the Red Sox and them are fighting words because you already know what's going to come out because this person is a Yankees fan. So, you know, that's not good because they're going to stick it to you. And they start to say, well, you know, next there's always next year, you know, you didn't get to the playoffs. And you start feeling like you're going to pick up the fork and you can feel your knuckles clench. Don't do that. This is what I call the matches and gasoline maneuver at the holidays. You do not do want, want to do this because at the table and the holidays, some people get bored during the meal. And after they finished the Brussels sprouts and avoided you know, somebody's dressing they didn't like because they don't like, you know, somebody likes sausage in it, somebody doesn't. There's always somebody who doesn't like someone's style of stuffing. They look around the table for entertainment. And some people like comedies and some people like science fiction movies and other people like drama. Drama is interesting because drama has dopamine in it, which is an antidepressant. And some people get joy by sticking a stick, I don't know another way of saying it, sticking a stick in a hornet's nest and watching everybody run away from the hornets. Maybe they didn't think it's funny if someone gets stung. I don't know why these people are, but this is the way they are. So by saying to someone on a holiday, well, you're a Red Sox fan, huh? There's always next year. Why would anybody say that? Season's greetings. They must get joy from someone's misery. Therefore, that's the maneuver in which they get antidepressant. They want to elevate their mood. So therefore, they're looking for holiday Prozac via the table. So they're going to look around for someone who they can light like a match. And you're their gasoline. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to be incited like that. Don't do that. These are people who are divisive and provocative. Do not allow yourself to be provoked. There are video games. One of them is, um, I can't remember what it is, but there are different villages you go to, and one of them is a mountain that's on fire. And you have to buy outfits in each little region. And the fire mountain you go to, you have to wear flame-retardant outfits. They're expensive to buy in that game. 
So when you go to a meal, you have to choose your location at the table where you're not going to be next to someone. If you're gasoline, you don't sit next to someone who tends to be matches and like to do this. Sit at the other side of the table because you don't want someone who's provocative who's going to light you up if you tend to be provoked very easily. People who have attention deficit, people who have these kinds of disinhibited, easily provoked personalities are more likely to do that. On the other hand, if you're tired, if you're hormonal, if you've just had babies, if you have just gotten over a divorce, if your emotions have worn down, then you're more easily provoked. And that means that your resistance is down. Your ability to go, you know, everybody has their team and thank you so much for asking about the, you're not going to be able to do that. The best thing to do is sit way over at the end of the table because your ability of being skillful and doing the diversion technique is not going to be helpful. On the other hand, suppose none of those things have happened and you're relatively with your wits. The best thing to do with someone who's divisive and provocative is to say, you know, you do something called irreverent humor, which is very helpful on how to be in heaven when there's holiday madness. And that is to use humor. Irreverent humor is to get close to the edge of sarcasm, but not so much. It's irreverent, meaning you're not going to worship on the altar of what they're talking about, say, worship the Yankees, but you're going to kind of lighten it up a little bit. That's why it's humor, but a little irreverent. So when they start to pick on your thing, you're going to say, you know what? I really don't watch baseball anymore. I'm more into the Canadian curling. Now, that's an example. Who watches curling, except if you're from Canada? So they're going to look at you and go, curling? And you go, yeah, I like the broom thing. And they're going to think you're nuts, at which time they'll probably change their seat. That's what I suggest. I use irreverent humor a lot. You have to practice it. You have to be quick. And if you're going to use irreverent humor on a charged dinner like this, do not consume a lot of alcohol. It slows you down and you won't be able to think up. You won't be able to think quickly enough on your feet or on your seat, depending on if you're sitting down. Things like that will be disarming. And what you're also doing is you're realizing that person is not going to get their rocks off on you because what they wanted you to do is get upset and explode. And they're not. By you, by you saying, I'm really not into baseball anymore, I'm into curling, that doesn't give them what they want, which is to get you mad. They don't get their antidepressant, you don't get angry, they don't get happy by watching you melt, have a meltdown. And so they have to go around the room and find someone else to provoke, at which time you'll count three, two, one, and they'll probably go to some other relative in the room and go, I see you're wearing a toupee. Is that real hair or is it fake? And if it's real, are you aware that, and they'll go into some provocative thing and you'll go, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing it. After you've taken a victory lap around the room and made it not be you. That's the first two things. However, if you don't do that, you're going to get heart issues, cardiac issues, 
And the reason is you're going to get angry. Why angry? Because you're going to think, I can't believe he's doing that. He or she's doing that. They got a hell of a nerve. Well, beyond the fact that it isn't kind, it is what that person does. And I have never seen anybody do any thorough, permanent personality change in someone around the holiday table. Perhaps someone has, I want you to write a letter in saying, you know, I was able to successfully change someone's mindset and opinion over a holiday table. Write it in. Unity Online Radio would like to know. However, it isn't a place to do therapy over a table, nor prove a point and transform someone's opinion at a very deep level. And so you want to avoid that. However, chances are if someone picks on you like that, you're going to get angry. Anger is an important emotion. It lets us know that somebody in our life is out of bat. Somebody in our life has treated us poorly or been disrespectful. Let's go to line one, Cynthia Lucio. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? It's actually Felicia Lucio. It's oh, under um, it's under um, my mom's phone plan. I'm so sorry. In fact, now that I realize it, I don't even see your last name. I think that that's, uh, what's your name? Felicia Brown. It's Felicia Brown, isn't it? No. You're supposed to say yes. Anyway, how can I be of help, Felicia? (laughs) How do you deal with the holidays when you've just transferred, you know, I left home for college and now I'm coming back home. I've just been having a lot of anxiety with all my family going to be asking the questions of how is your life over there? How do you love it? How do you, you know, you have a significant other? How are classes? We want to go to the break, but I'm going to tell you what. So life in your 20s is like football. Do you ever watch football? Yes, I love it. Okay, good. You're taking the ball. And you're trying to move to the goal, right? So that's what you're trying to do. And you're doing everything you can. You go to the right, you go to the left. And sometimes you hit blocks, right? Sometimes you meet obstacles. So you get another chance. You do it again. You drop the ball, right? You fumble. That's what you do. That's what happens in football. No one expects a person in football to pick the ball up, run, and get a touchdown. They'd get 70,000 touchdowns. No, it doesn't happen. People fumble. People get blocked, right? Yeah. If you don't get an immediate touchdown after four tries, what do you do? You do something called you punt, right? You try to just kick it and get whatever you can. You don't get a touchdown, but you do what you can to just move forward, right? And that's what life's all about. You might not get a complete win, but you punt. You just kick the out of it, right? I want you to hold on, okay? And we'll show you what you do to that question. You know that. That's the music. You know what that means. So stay with us as we talk about is this holiday heaven or madness? You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa.
Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show has been dedicated to Is This Holiday Heaven or Madness? And we're talking about how to keep our cool while staying warm in the holidays. We'll go back to Cynthia. I'm sorry, Felicia. To God in heaven, my mind is going. Are you there? So I was talking before you got on the air about irreverent humor. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. And so when someone asks you, tell me the question they asked you when you come home. You're just in the door from being away at school. And they ask you what? How is school? Do you have a significant other? Oh, I was out, okay, you have to think quick. Quick, 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 quick. They say, how school? Do you have a significant other? You stop them right there. This is called irreverent humor. It takes the question and brings it to the most absurd conclusion, right? So they're rushing you. It's like you're on the witness stand and they're giving you the third degree, right? The first thing you can do is say, oh my God, so many questions. I'll tell you what. I have been on Access Hollywood and given all these questions a full briefing. Yes, I have met a boyfriend. Yes, we are married, and we just had twins in vitro. Their names Sam and Samantha. Why? <laughs> I love that. I love that answer. No, no, you have to. The reason why you have to practice this is because they'll look at you and they'll go, what, already? Because now they're being funny back, right? And you'll go, right, I work fast. And now you're doing this thing. Right? And then you switch to, how are you? You look great. Do you get it? (laughs) You've completely changed the mood from being angry, which is what we were talking about. I'm right, they're wrong, things should be different. You're misinterpreting. They're rushing you at the door as an interrogation. That you're interpreting them thinking that you're not doing enough, you're not enough. Um, why aren't you more, right? When in their excitement, in some cultures, they want to know what you're doing. They want to know what you're doing. In some cultures, my aunt Nancy got married when she was 15 and a half. Do you understand? And, and we yeah. say things like she was married in utero, meaning <laughs> she was married before she was born. This is a way of exaggerating. So they're so excited, they're going to ask you questions in rapid fire. Did you, did you meet a boyfriend? Are you engaged? What does he do for a living? 
Where are his parents? They're so rapid fire, you cannot answer them yet, right? So They're so rapid they, fire, and then they'll go on. I know, but what, you, what it really means is it's rapid fire not because they want to know the answers. It's rapid fire because they're dopamine neurotransmitters, and they're excited to see you. Do you get it? Oh, that's true. So see how, so you have to think, oh, they're so excited to see me. On the other hand, let's just say they are very invasive, intrusive, right? It doesn't matter. You, that's a DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy skill called use opposite emotion. Suppose they're intrusive, um, very, very judgmental and everything else. It's not helpful to start off at the thing going, you know, I think you're very, very pushy and invasive. <laughs> you don't do that. You use opposite action, right? So notice I'm smiling into the microphone and I'm going, actually, I did. His name is Maurice. He's from France. Sometimes he's summers in Antarctica. We are not married yet because that would be disrespectful to you, of course, and you would have received an announcement yet. See how I'm embellishing this as I go along? We're probably going to get in vitro because he had a vasectomy, which he's going to get reversed, but you know the chances of that getting. See, now I'm making them spin. But as soon as I can, I will introduce you to him, but he's very wonderful. How about those Red Sox? <laughs> they just that's how you use college and I'm having a hard time trying okay so now that's a different story that's a different story that's called holiday heaven or madness you don't start deep when you go into a pool at a hotel do you do you jump into the deep end or do you dip your toe in the shallow end you're supposed to dip your toe, but you're supposed Good. to. That's okay, well, let me just put you, if you just jump into the pool, chances are your body might and your eyes might not clearly see how deep they are. So you may not know what's underneath there. That's the first thing. So if you start to talk to someone about something deep, like, you know, I really don't like school at all, to be honest with you, everyone around me in my dorm is suicidal. <laughs> You know what I mean? And the drugs are incredible. They are so cheap and everyone can get it. At least three people suicided already. You can't do that. It's too deep. You've got to go shallow first. Do you understand? You can't do you can't do deep. So you go in the shallow end of the pool and you dip in. You cannot do that. That's why they don't go to the roast first. They do canopies. They do appetizers. Do you get it? Yeah. So you're not going to say, I hate it. I know you hate superficial conversation. I get it. I can't stand it either. I once went into a speaker's dinner, completely avoided the alcohol and the appetizers, looked around the room for a speaker I was interested in speaking to. You know how people say, how are you? I've always loved your work. You know, those kind of things. I didn't. I went right up to this person. He was standing there and I said, how are you? interrupted them they were talking to someone else i said can i ask you a question i know you have cancer it's stage four and i know you've survived 10 years i know there's two types of that kind of cancer there's a a very mild form i i swear to you this is true 
There's a very mild form that you can live for decades, and there's a very lethal form that, boom, you're dead in six months. Which form do you have? <laughs> That's not good. Dr. Monalisa, you're bold. That's not bold. That's called disinhibited. Don't do that. When you first walk in the door, you don't say, I hate school. Do you understand? That's deep. It's as, as blunt as what I did. It's too much right brain. You have to do left brain, social brain. So you say, how's school? You say, you know, it's good. And as you say that, you're thinking about all the other people in school who like school. Right? But your tone says, it's good. Lends doubt to it. Do you get it? And it makes them think they want to talk to you more about it, maybe during dessert. Got it? Got it. I look at your head. I see problems with focus and attention. How old are you again? 20. I see pressure in your head, especially around hormonal events. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. There's something wrong in a relationship. I see you and somebody else competing over somebody. I can't figure out if this is a holdover from another year, but I see you and another woman competing over somebody and you feel not happy about it, in fact, angry. And you feel... um, Abandoned. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I wonder if you have body image issues. I that do. have got have gotten worse during school. Yep. And I think I wonder whether or not you tend to fall for people who um, tend to be extremely sure about themselves. And take advantage of your insecurity. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see that you don't tolerate even a slight amount of distension in your abdomen. It makes you feel like you're very, very heavy. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I wonder if you have problems with Regular ovulation, regular periods. I wonder if imbalanced estrogen, progesterone, and androgens affects your skin. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see problems with focus, attention, divided attention. Partly because of this relationship issue. And it started before you got to school. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Currently, I have been getting this weird rash around my mouth area that's like an eczema or dermatitis that I cannot explain. And I have not been able to get that, get rid of that during the semester when I left to school. You left school. Hold on one second. You left school? No, ever since 
I left for school, I've been getting that rash. Okay. So ever since you left for school, you got the rash? Yes. Did you have a relationship problem when you left for school? Did something happen with you in a relationship? I went to a wedding with my ex-boyfriend in June, and I didn't get to say all that I wanted to say to him. And then he left for New York, and I haven't seen him since. Going to the wedding with a boyfriend, always a problem. What did you want to say to ex-boyfriend? What did you want to say to him? I wanted to ask for his forgiveness and tell him how much I still love him. So mouth is fifth center. It's having a voice, having a say, saying the right thing to the right person at the right time with the right amount of intensity. Sometimes I bump into a wall and I apologize to it. People say I apologize too much. There are some types of people who apologize when they shouldn't. Can you please tell me what you were apologizing for? I left him all of a sudden when we were together all of high school for some older 24-year-old when I had just freshly turned 18. It was a manic decision, and I left him for no good reason. How long were you with the 24-year-old? It wasn't even an official thing. It was a two-month thing. He was a man of the service, and I just thought he was amazing looking, and he charmed me, and I left my stable relationship um, manically. So you think this is mania? That was a manic decision at the time. That's not what I'm asking. You think it's mania. Or you think it was just a impulsive decision? It was very impulsive. Okay. Because you understand that if you think it's mania or down that line, you need to get help. Because that problem won't go away. Will you make impulsive? It's not even a decision. Mania does not make impulsive decisions. A mania makes you do things impulsively. Do you get it? Like run off for the circus. Buy a huge amount of stuff. Do you get it? Yeah, it was a period of three months of you know, dressing differently, okay. um, wanting to be beautiful, going hard at the gym, trying to... So you need to, you need to get help with that because that's the most important thing. You, we are responsible for our health. We're not to blame for it, but we're responsible for it. You're apologizing as if you're the blame for it. And that lowers your self-esteem. Do you understand? It's different than saying, 
I may have a problem. Like I have a seizure disorder. When I come out of a seizure, seizure, I apologize. And people saying, why are you apologizing for something you can't help? And they, I don't like that statement. I can work on it so I, it happens less. But I can't help the fact that in my brain, this, I had this problem. I had this problem. I can manage it. I apologize that this affected them and I work so it won't happen again. But you are saying something very different. And it's very different. It's almost like people in medical intuition think that they are causing their illnesses. You need to find out if your brain chemistry caused you to impulsively start to act, sleep, eat, dress, and sexually make choices. Because you could cycle back into that in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And like seizures, you're not the cause of it, but you are responsible for managing it. Do you understand the difference? Yes. I've been on antidepressants for almost, you know, six years. I know that. But did you tell the people that are treating you that you had that period of time that that happened? No. You need to tell them that because sometimes you need to tell them that. Because sometimes antidepressants, and I'm not telling you to get off of them, but they need to know that information. Because that influences what medicine they give you. Do you That's, understand? I think I'm too comfortable on the medication that I'm on. and I, don't I know, but I'm not telling you to get off the medicine. I, did you hear me say that? Because then you're going to have to get your hearing checked. I said it may influence how they treat you. Let me say it that way. Do you understand? Yes. Was that the only time it's ever happened? Periods of manic or just impulsive manic. See, now I think it's fascinating that you use the word manic. You didn't say impulsive. You said manic. You see the difference? You keep using the word mania. And you didn't tell your doctor that. You have to tell your doctor. A lot of people are into treating things naturally. I think that's great. But not naming something and not identifying it nor treating it is not helping it. You are a very lovely lady. The thing is, in Chinese medicine, they call that heat. Heat. Heat, liver heat rising. Liver fire Heart, heart, fire rising, what you call mania, right? That mouth rash, they'd say is the same thing. Rashes, red rashes, that's what they call it. In Chinese medicine, they connect those things. Are you following me? Western medicine, they don't. Chinese medicine would understand why someone would have bloating underneath their rib cage 
heavy menstrual cycle, headaches, and constipation. They would understand. Did you get it? And they would understand why you'd have that and plantar fasciitis. Where Western medicine would say, you have to see four different doctors or three different doctors. So I'm explaining to you. The reason why I say that is because that in itself could make you have rejection sensitivity, make it hard for you to focus, pay attention at school, and then ultimately your mood could go up and down, up and down, up and down, and it could make you eat, have more problems with body image, not to mention learning. Do you get it? And then you'll feel even more sensitized to having men reject you. When it could be, and I rarely people really hear me say this, but everything is always in part chemical. When on top of the medicine, you need something that stabilizes. So you don't swing up like this. Do you understand? Yeah. Did you have trouble focusing and paying attention at school? Yes, but I... As you always say, nothing succeeds like excess, and I will spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours studying, and I kill myself to make A's, but it's difficult. I know, and my point is is that when you have that much neurotransmitter going around, going around, going around like that, you talked about changing your hairstyle, blah, blah, blah. That all that dopamine and norepinephrine makes it hard to focus and pay attention. It's like when you get stuck in a ditch, you still rev the engine and press the gas down. It doesn't make you get out of the ditch any faster. In fact, it may even dig you deeper. It's not productive work. Trust me, I do the same thing. Because your mind is not efficient. It's not efficient working. And then last but not least, how are you sleeping during that time? During which time? During the time when you first started school. How were you sleeping? It was either too much or too little. Right. Um, what happened to that guy? Has anybody let you know what's going on with him? Which one? The man that you went to the wedding with. Um, we, after the wedding, we met each other once more, we had a meal, and then he wanted to see me again, but I felt horrible that he's just going to go to New York, so I didn't answer, and he's back in New York City right now. So, do you understand that that's confusing? In your mind, on one hand... I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. But um, with all this confusion, on one hand, in your mind, you go to this wedding, you, te- you want to tell them you apologize, right? But you can't say all, everything you want to say, right? And then it ends, and then he, you say he goes to New York, or you say he goes away, and you go to school, right? But next thing yeah. you say to me, is that you see him one more time over a meal and then he wants to see you again, but you're like, no, I'm going to go to school and and that's it. So really, even though you say you never saw him again, when we go back over it again, he really wanted to see you again. And it was you 
that didn't see him? I didn't want, I, I, I mean, I just feel that he deserves better in New York. Somebody, you understand, tall, and, okay, so that right there, Missy, is a self-esteem issue. It wasn't what was going on at the beginning when you described it to me. That's why you really have to have someone look at this clearly for you. You ever, um, it's like your brain gets rattled with chemistry. When I got to a surgery in 2012, I had a problem in the OR. I bled out and they had to resuscitate me. I was really rattled. I was confused. It's called a delirium. And your neuro, your brain can do that to you. And so, and this is, this is a way of explaining something. Some, kind of like when I explained, I told you to tell those people, oh, I, in fact, I did meet someone. You know, we have kids and it's, it's called extension. You take a situation and you take it to its most absurd conclusion. So I'm in the ICU and I thought, because my chemistry was wrong in my brain, I thought that um, at four o'clock, it always happens at four o'clock, it's called sundowning. I thought that they took a disco ball and put it up on the ceiling and they had a dance and they pushed all the beds to the side of the room, including mine, and made my bed a coat rack. I was really upset. So I yelled, nurse, nurse, nurse comes. I said, this must cease. And I tell you, you can't do this. You can't put up a disco ball and order pizza. I said, for example, whose sweater is this? And I hold up something in my hand. Whose blue sweater is this? This is ridiculous. It's rude. And she said, Dr. Schultz, that is your blanket. And all of a sudden, my mind cleared. And I went, that's Oh, my God. And she pulled the curtain. She said, you've been here for two and a half weeks. You're in the intensive care unit. And I went, oh, my God. And it was like my perception cleared. I saw it from a completely different point of view. Do you understand? I wasn't crazy. My brain chemistry was messed up. You're not crazy. Your brain chemistry is a little gaflui for some reason. I don't know what it is. Do you get it? You know, you've known this person for years. You know that you wouldn't just leave them and go with a sailor or something. You regret what you did. And more than anything, you don't want it to happen again, right? Yeah. So that's why you have to tell them that that happened. So they can stabilize you. But you're not crazy. Neither neither was I. But I definitely thought it was bizarre. Please tell them that so it doesn't happen again because this guy wanted to see you. Good luck, okay? I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. Excuse me, Intuitive Health with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. 
Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.